So they call me a Guadalajara Express. Flama Blanca. But lovingly. I think they really like you there. Siete. Ocho. No, just... just, (laughs) Look at the... uh, How do you say ghost? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm like the seven ghost to them. That's what they call me. Um... Ah, okay. Hi, I'm Becky. I'm Nick. This is Isms. Welcome. Welcome. Nick is my husband. Sure am. And we're sitting here on a, a beautiful day. Um, this is the first time I have to say this, but I have a couple housekeeping things to say before we start the episode today. Um... Why, why are you staring at me like that? Because <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, the first thing is very important, and wow. I was called out for this by a listener. And I myself was kicking myself, but I did not pick something from realism for my religion. Oh. Um, so if I had to choose something, it would be um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> but since I do need to pick something... It's that I think that men should wear bras too. <laughs> should or have, like they have to have in my to. religion. That doesn't make sense though. Why not? In realism, remember it was if a man can be bare chested and a woman can can cannot be, then they should all either be the same or they should all either have to wear something or wear nothing. Why would how would that I understand. Okay, we're not doing this thing. I'm not going to act like this is actually happening. I'm not. I'm not going for it this time. I'm not going for it. You were you about to ram or jam me about? Kind of. <laughs> about my fake super religion. Yeah. So pretty yeah. Much. So yeah, men have to wear bras. Okay. Fine. I feel like it's a little Seinfeldian, um, but also, I don't know. Just it's literally the only thing I took from that religion. That one was wild. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry that I forgot to yeah. pick something. That's like literally the point of this podcast, and I, and I failed. Okay, um, the second thing on my list, my housekeeping list. This is exciting. We have a Patreon now. We do. We do. It's up and running. Oh my god! I made one. Um, and the cool thing about the Patreon is that that's where you'll be able to find this isn't isms episodes. So that's going to be a monthly episode about a religion that doesn't end in ism, but that I really want to talk about, like Baha'i or like a philosophy or school of thought that's not like really a religion, but it's metaphysical and it doesn't end in ism. So um, also on the Patreon, there may or may not be a little bit of Midge content, maybe some oh some voice God. memos from Midge, uh, maybe some merch eventually, which would be cool. Um, so on the Patreon, you can choose to donate at the angel or the devil level. They're both super cheap. You can also like choose your own adventure amount. Um, either way, it's a couple bucks a month if you feel so inclined. This is wild. Yeah. I had no idea. I know. This goes to show how little I know going into these podcasts. Well, I told you before that I can't talk to you about this outside of us sitting here or else I won't have anything to say. Sure. So. I choose to just not talk to you. That's crazy while we're sitting control. Sitting in our house Wild together. Control. <laughs> it seems like I complain a lot because you, yeah, you do because you don't talk to me about any <laughs> like if there's any part of this that's frustrating for you to do, you don't complain about it to me. Oh, none of it's frustrating. But it's you know what so I mean. So fun, yeah. 
yeah, it's just fun. Oh my goodness. Um, but okay, so yeah, there's a Patreon now. Yes, yeah, so wow. there's a link um, in the show notes. There's also a link in the Instagram bio for the, the um, at This Is Ism pod. Um, oh, Bubs is settling in. Um, my last housekeeping thing is I think you're going to like this, but remember that very first um, like intro episode mm -hmm. where we kind of talked about like how we were both raised Catholic? Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we didn't really touch on, I feel like people probably know what I believe in, but like where do you stand like today as far as like religion or spirituality goes? Like what do you, like what, I feel like we're kind of different spectrums of Did where, somebody ask for this? No, I was like okay. wondering because I feel like I'm explaining this stuff to you and you obviously have like opinions about things. But, oh, I see. But like some, like if I never heard, like knew, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't really know like where you're coming from. Opposed I to see. like me being like, she's like a hippie and she believes right. in a million afterlives. Right. So I just wanted, and I feel like as like a married couple, I've we've never really like had like a deep spirituality conversation like about religion it's like, usually been you telling me about things <laughs> yeah and i'm just like, like wow did you hear about this witch i'm like yeah i'm like that's <laughs> crazy like, okay <laughs> wow yeah so the soul level right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so what do you think where do you stand i mean i don't know i think it's i think the same i think is all very interconnected where it's like it's kind of silly to limit anything as a possibility mm -hmm. i like that because it's the same way that it's like do aliens exist it's like i've never seen an alien but the possibility of it is so high and likely that i'm so prideful mm -hmm. that i won't even commit i can never commit to no i would have to commit to yes just because of like the probability is that because you like don't want egg on your face yes, if it turns out percent. to be true? That's why I. That's what this. That's the stances that I take on everything. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's a very logical way to see things. That's how I do everything. Is logically. But There's, do it's you... mostly like if then scenarios. Right. If this, then that. That's right. all. It's and it's just kind of again. So would you consider yourself like a spiritual person, or would you consider yourself mm. just like an open-minded, open to possibilities thing? I think it's kind of an open. To possibilities thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. Um, Do you ever like, uh, like pray in, like in your mind? Are you ever like, God, please help me with this scenario? There have been times where I've been so utterly freaked out in my own head, mm -hmm. mostly professionally. Okay. Where that I will. Like, if... I, I know. No, no, no. I'll talk. I'll get to that. Uh, I'll you know get what to, I'm about mm -hmm, to say. Mm -hmm. That was for video games as a child. Okay. When I couldn't beat a level, I was like, God. <laughs> if I beat this level, I, I'll never. Let, if you let me. <laughs> If you let me beat this level, like he's prevent he proverbially, you know, mm -hmm. is preventing me from beating <laughs> the video game. Like what type of That's how we were programmed as kids. I know, but what type so of relationship funny. is that? Right, right. And every kid I was just talking to yeah. a coworker about this the other day. They were also saying that that was something they would do. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I didn't know them as a child. It's a collective experience, it's, I yeah, feel like, for I, our generation, for yeah. our, yeah. Like, God, if you let me make this three-pointer, <laughs> I swear. If I don't get in trouble start, from coming home after curfew, I swear I'll never. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll come home after curfew every, <laughs> every night. Time. Oh, my God, I swear. Yeah. And then that also, like, obviously, this is like a tangent, but that, like, cheapens everything. 
obviously. Yeah, a little bit. And you shouldn't even, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do, it's, it's a lack of reverence, obviously, when mm-hmm. you do things like that. But that's what's like so funny about it, mm-hmm. I think, too. Yeah. It's like um, only in my time of need will yes. I, will I ask oh, Christ yeah. for help. And, you and know that's what? like, that's like, I feel like the majority. like a Tupac line about that or something? <laughs> yeah seriously yeah isn't there yeah where it's like it's easy <laughs> to do it? no i don't know what it is what is it <laughs> i don't remember oh but it's something like it's easy to i don't know it's like a kiss it's like a stand-up comedian or something i feel like there's lots of iterations of it it's because like it's, it's easy such to, a um... no one says like thank god you know after mm-hmm. something bad they only say thank god after something good mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting well i just wanted to touch on um where you're coming from yeah I mean, because i feel I'm, like my my opinion will, is loud and clear i'll entertain anything that anybody wants to tell me about anything that they believe in because I, I think i personally you. think it takes a lot of guts to believe in something and the reason i feel like it takes a lot of guts to believe in something is because i don't believe in anything because mm-hmm. i don't have any guts i don't have enough guts to believe in anything because <laughs> i don't want to be wrong <laughs> simply put yeah i'm just not interested in being wrong in any capacity where it's like oh yeah sure that's a god. All right. That's mm-hmm. cool. What's up, that god? How are you? What's up, Charlemagne the god? Do you believe sure. in him? Mm, probably <laughs> not as much as he believes in himself, based on the level of success that that guy has. Listen, you know? I think you have guts. I know you have guts, because I've watched I you stuff your face uh, heavily. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I feel like that's a an interesting but also a relatable take on spirituality because it's kind of a scary topic if you're not like completely like secure in what you believe or what you I just think that it's so it would sound so silly mm-hmm. for anybody mm-hmm. to I guess that's what it is it's like for anybody to explain the religion it's perfectly fine but for anybody to try to get somebody else to be the religion that they are is so silly sounding Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean yeah it's like oh we believe you know like you could take any of them any of the religions Mm -hmm. and it's like all right that's fine that's fine yeah it's like not you're not hurting anybody for the most part for the most part i'm sure we'll get to ones that where you are hurting people yeah but like they're all pretty generally just like that's nice it's almost the same as being like, well, on Thanksgiving, our family always has corn pudding. Right. And if you've never had corn pudding before, you're like, ew, what? Right. And it's right. like, it's just something we've always done. Right. And we right. believe in corn pudding. Right. And it's like, that's fine, but I don't want to eat it. Or maybe I do want to eat it or and it's delicious. Yeah. That's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. I feel like. I'm not saying I would be swayed either, though. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing that well, could come down you're... the pike that would be make me go, oh, you know what? That's actually the one. <laughs> that's actually the one for me. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in relating to anything that deeply. Mm. And that that I mean, it definitely am... is how susceptible you are to the, something. I, I'm, effects. I'm not. I'm not discounting anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just golden ruled. That's like a very good way of putting it. Love it. I just try to. It's like it's very simple. Yeah. It's not deep. Okay. It's very surface level. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. how? But that's do why you... I don't. That's why I don't shit on people who believe in something, because my belief is very shallow, mm-hmm. and theirs can be as deep as it wants. But it's not going to affect me in any capacity, regardless. Right. So unless they're the... like trying to murder you, and they're like, "So and so told me to do it." Oh yeah, I'll kick somebody's <laughs> ass about that. You know, what I mean, I'm going to freak out. Well, but... I have a question. How do you feel about um, seances? Love this. Oh, yes. Um, okay, seances, tight. 
Seances are tight for sure. Seances are pretty um, tight. All probably all cute girls that I ever had a crush on at any point <laughs> in my entire life probably were involved in seances at some point. You think so? Including your current wife. Thousands percent. Yes. Thousands of women. <laughs> thousands of no, thousands of percents. Oh my god. No way. Um, but no, like I think that it was a th- like a thing isn't that like light as a feather stiff as a board doesn't that sure, count as a science yeah that's one of them ouija boards okay so is that a myth is that did i just get, get it wrong and you're gonna be like <laughs> a lot of people actually think that and i'm here to tell you that you, that's not true so today we're talking about the religion spiritualism and subsequently ouija boards so really? yes the religion is called spiritualism, spiritualism yes. seems vague do you know anything about it i mean no, but if it's okay, if it's just based on its term or its name, mm-hmm. um, it's sounding kind of like this. Like, what was the last one we did, or one of the ones we did, where it was like, it's just the idea that religion exists is this? Oh religion. yeah, that was animism. Yeah. Okay, so this is like if that's level one, mm-hmm. then spiritualism is like level two. Okay, I think I think you're going to be interested by this. So this spiritualism is taking us to the mid 1800s. Okay. Okay. So this is where a new religious movement formed in the 1800s, and it's based on the belief that the spirits of the dead exist and can and want to communicate with the living. Ooh. So this is an this is a movement that started in the 1800s. Okay. So some of the core beliefs of spiritualists. So the spirit world or the afterlife is the place for spirits to evolve, not become stagnant. They're Therefore, becoming more advanced than humans. So spirits evolve continuously, and obviously, they are more advanced than humans because of that. So, so they're just kind of like... They're hanging. They can go in between time planes and stuff. And come they, and go. And they're just like obtaining knowledge the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like a consciousness thing. Mm-hmm. So the spirit world or the afterlife is a place for the spirits to evolve not become stagnant, therefore becoming more advanced than humans. Did I just say that? I did. I just repeated myself. Here's the next point. Um, Spirits or discarnate humans, not to be confused with incarnate humans, are capable of growth and perfection and progress through higher spheres and planes. Um, Spirits can provide us with knowledge about God and also guide us in moral, ethical issues through mediums. Oh, uh-huh. mm. there's a belief in spirit guides and spiritualism. You know spiritualism. I have beef with mediums. You know I have beef oh, with mediums. Oh, we're going to be talking a lot about mediums. So mediums, shit on mediums. mediums are usually gifted to carry out uh, the communication between spirits and humans, but anyone can become a medium through study and practice. <laughs> well, of course they can. <laughs> anyone who's bold enough and willing to just blindly guess about something. <laughs> So anyone can receive spirit messages, but formal communication sessions, seances, oh. are held by mediums. Okay? Okay. That's the hook. Hook, line, and sinker. That's where the money gets made. Ooh, you're you're onto something here. I told you all these boil down to I who's the person y'all. that gets to pick who gets <laughs> to make the money. That's how it works. Somebody okay. gets to pick who else gets to make money. Yes. Yep. I mean, yes. I told you that was going to happen with like all of these. Okay. <laughs> and so far, so far, so, you're right. Okay. Even like in like the ones, like the prehistoric ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a little history about spiritualism. It was developed as a new religion and peaked between the 1840s and the 1920s, especially in countries where English 
is spoken. Ooh. Yeah. So, <clears throat> taking us to upstate New York. <clears throat> oh, I have, like, tequila in my nose still. Wow. <clears throat> upstate New York, 1840s. This region of New York State was an environment in which many thought direct communication with God or angels was possible. Okay. Okay. It gained a lot of popularity. Um, this religion gained a lot of popularity because of the Civil War and then again in World War One because of the extreme number of people who died in, in very traumatic ways on the battlefield. So around this time, people started becoming interested in like reaching out to like the family or someone that had died like in a traumatic way to be comforted so this like idea of spiritualism was catching on because it's like oh my god my husband died in the war i'd give anything to like make sure he's okay or like have some and sort then some of sign. grifter medium is like <laughs> you mean anything yeah and they're like licking their chops they're like where's his the, eye the, did the... he have one white tooth in the yeah. <laughs> front of his mouth <laughs> oh my <laughs> and they're like yeah they only have one tooth yeah <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's kind of how this, like, evolved. Okay. So, um, in 1897, there were more than 8 million followers in the U.S. and Europe combined for spiritualism. Like, well, geez, that's a lot of people. Wildfire. Most of the followers from, were from middle and upper classes. So, this was like, you know, come over for tea. Let's have a seance in my parlor room Ooh. type situation. Um, surprise, surprise, but many Christians at the time associated spiritualism with witchcraft and blamed it and blamed it for the civil war in the U.S. So, Hmm. but also I read that a lot of Christians liked spiritualism and they like believed in it and they liked it because they could have like a seance on a Saturday night and be up in time for church on a Sunday morning. Hmm. No, like contradictions. So I feel like, um... For what it was worth, the way we were brought up, um, at least the way it was explained when we were kids, was like, yeah, like, they're in heaven now, and, mm-hmm. like, they're looking down on you, and, like, you can pretty much, like, the same way that you pray is the same way that you can pretty much one way communicate to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, a thing. It was, like, that door never closed Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a form of this right yeah there's just a little bit more to this i feel like like the mediums and the seances add a little bit of like showmanship and yeah it's like it's about that but i'm saying that like it wasn't um a bad thing right in how we grew up no yeah like like this we kind of did adapt a little bit of this for sure and that's why i think that like some christians I think it was just very... They're like, that's all right. Yeah. It was like very conservative Christians that were like, witchcraft. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which well, is I mean, and everything. you seance and yeah. it's like, get your pointy hat. Yeah. So there your was... cauldron. <laughs> there was a dude named Emanuel Swedenborg, and he claimed to be the father of spiritualism. He was a highly regarded inventor and scientist who, in 1741, began having a series of intense mystical experiences, dreams, visions... And he claimed that he was called by God to reform Christianity. Oh. So that's kind of like where this started. So he's, well, that's another thing. If he's going to be about it like that, then a lot of Christian people are going to be like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, exactly. About it, about it. Yeah. So two features of his view particularly resonated with early spiritualists. First, that there's not a single hell and a single heaven, but rather a series of higher and lower heavens and hells. So I can see how Christians wouldn't really love that 
and then a tiered heaven and hell system i feel like that's like um dante divine comedy like yeah that's like it's nothing new well that was like like uh not real what do you mean dante's inferno Mm -hmm. i mean like if you were to adapt that to what hell would actually be like Mm -hmm. that's i don't think that was yeah i mean who knows maybe it is they okay if that's the case and every single person who goes to hell has to do that it literally turns hell into like a carnival ride (laughs) or like an amusement park of of torture yeah well i know but like the fact that it's like oh we gotta wait in line pretty much to be like well the next thing we're gonna do is Mm -hmm. like disembody you Mm -hmm. but you gotta wait in line for pretty much eternity and what you think is eternity mm-hmm. just to go through layer one but it would turn it into like a shitty amusement park of hell i think we should de- we should deep dive into that at some point into uh divine comedy um it's not funny <laughs> the thing about divine comedy is it's, it's not, not funny. funny um and then secondly um another one of swedenborg's views were that spirits and inter- spirits are intermediates between gods and humans so the divine sometimes uses them as a means of communication. So that was like the very like beginning of mediumship kind of. Okay. Um, and then there was a guy named Franz Mesmer and his teachings were used in spiritualism um, as an example for those seeking direct personal knowledge of the afterlife. But he didn't contribute religious beliefs. He contributed the technique of hypnotism to spiritualism he's gonna bring the zany eyes to the table oh yeah okay so this is like so he discovered this thing called or coined this thing called um mesmerism or animal mag- magnetism <laughs> and he did that as a young doctor in vienna okay so borrowing from the theory you do anything over there in vienna vienna's i'm telling you science and the arts were just really funded I mean, in the 1800s, nobody knew what was going on. But you were funded. You got the figure. You could you could get backing, you know? Yeah. I mean, this guy. Okay, this guy. Yeah, listen to what this guy did. <laughs> you don't even know yet. I know. So borrowing from the theories of a colleague, he attempted to cure patients by placing magnets on them. See? He described an <laughs> invisible and universal fluid or energy that exists in all people, which people still believe today. And helps sustain good health when kept in equilibrium. Okay. So that's like kind of like chi, you know? It's like, it's that's kind of been proven. So he it likened this invisible force to magnetism and used magnets to align the forces within individuals with the forces of nature. However, he soon discovered that the magnets were, sur- I can never say this word. What? Sur- sur- superfluous. Superfluous? Superfluously. Yeah. So... <laughs> Thank you. All he really had to do was bring his hands near patients to put them in a trance and cure them. So this is kind of like Reiki vibes, kind of. You know what I'm saying? So basically, it's like energy healing with like a bunch of stage magic. Yeah, it's... Okay. Uh-huh. This one's going to be hard for me. Okay, that's yeah, fine. this one's going to be hard for me. That's fine. Um, and then there was this one other guy named Andrew Jackson Davis, and he subsequently combined the teachings and ideas of Swedenborg and Mesmer and made his own system called Harmonial Philosophy. So he wrote a book in 1847 called The Principles of Nature, Her Divine Revelations and a Voice to Mankind. And in that book, he dictated to a friend while he was in a trance state. So this book eventually became the nearest thing to like 
So this dude's the just work tripping. of spiritualist movements. This guy's just tripping and freestyling, and his boy <laughs> is writing down everything he's saying. And he's like, "Here's my book." Mm-hmm. How many times do you think he would change the title? <laughs> all right, it's gonna be called. Um, all right, it's gonna be called like, "Trees in Nature." <laughs> no, 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 no. Scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. Um, you think he- her mother divine divinity <laughs> laws of nature? Nah, scratch that, scratch that. Okay. He probably changed it like twenty times if he's like losing his mind. How long's the book? I don't know. I oh don't know. God. But it is it's like the Bible kind of of spiritualism. <laughs> okay. So oh, I man. I think that's that, how the Bible got written. Oh yeah. I mean if, a guy literally spazzing in the woods and his friend writing everything down. I wouldn't be surprised. That's what you said. That's what you said. When? You just said that. Oh, the Bible of spiritualism. Yeah. I was talking about like the Holy Bible, but that's probably how the Holy Bible was also written. Man, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> if it was and they're not admitting it, that's whack. But these guys for admitting it is pretty good. They're yeah. like they're like, Yeah, man, that's how we got this. <laughs> okay, so I think that eventually I wanna do like a deep dive on like Swedenborg, Mesmer, Davis. Like I feel like these are interesting things to get into that I just didn't have time, but there's Swedenborg. Swedenborg. There's something called Swedenborgianism that I think uh, I, I want to look into. It's like a black metal band. <laughs> you, get to dr- you get to paint your face like you're in Kiss. <laughs> okay. So, although Swedenborg claimed to be the father of spiritualism, many prominent spiritualists were women and supported causes like abolition of slavery and women's suffrage. Also, many socialists of the time became ardent spiritualists or occultists due to the progressive nature of the movement. Well, that's kind of cool then. Lots of um, Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad supporters are like also helping with spiritualism. Like, All right. So this is great. I like that. See this? Oh, I like that. So this is where it's like a fu- – it's like vow. That, vow. <laughs> it's because wow. of Swedenborg. <laughs> Swedenborg or whatever it's called. Vow. Vow. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, uh, wow. <laughs> Finally, a religion that like somehow mixes in mm-hmm. nice, just nice, mm-hmm. nice politics. Things. Yeah. Not, nice politics. Yeah. Not mean not politics. Like, yeah. Not like we're this religion mm-hmm. and what we do, a lot of people disagree with. <laughs> but believe us anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it too. Yeah, so it's nice. Um, that leads to my next point that spiritualists also participated in activism especially especially for native americans so rep spiritualists were literally haunted by the presence of native americans with a lot of symbolism from them showing up in séances so oh well maybe there maybe native americans had some similar type of spiritual bond that's what that that could be the case right yeah um, so in order to confront, of course, of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. In order to confront, this one makes a little bit too much sense, and it's nice. Mm-hmm. I like it too. In order to confront the hauntings and rectify them, the spiritualists like shot into action. They, um, the political activism of spiritualists on behalf of Native Americans was the result of combining white guilt and fear of divine judgment with a new sense of purpose and responsibility. Wow, they probably would have got me. Yeah, me too. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so spir- this is also cool. Spiritualism spread without a formal organization 
and remember how many people were a part of it. So it spread through zines, like people made magazines all over. Awesome. Tours by trans lecturers and accomplished mediums traveling and speaking at meetings. And they set up like literally like adult summer camps, like for spiritualism. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But how do you, okay. Spiritualist <laughs> organizations were formed in America and Europe, such as the London Spiritualist Alliance. They published a newspaper called The Light, featuring articles such as Evenings at Home in Spiritual Seance, Ghosts in Africa, Chronicles of Spirit Ghosts Photography. Ghosts in Africa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go, what was the one after that? Sorry. Chronicles of Spirit Photography. Cool. And then advertisements for mesmerists and patent or pseudoscientific medicines. And then there were letters from readers about personal contacts with ghosts. Are these um, people like steampunks? Ooh, I hope. Uh, I really hope they're not. I hope not. Too. I really hope they're not. It kind of sounds you, like it, but you know but what? You know what I mean? Like that vibe. Yeah, but I feel like. Like. With the time period that they're not steampunks because they're just like living in the time period. Honestly, this this whole like newsletter thing that they did reminded me of when I ran a newsletter when I was like nine years old <coughs> and I had a like my first AOL account and mm-hmm. my screen name was literally like. Tootie, mm-hmm. like the name Tootie, mm-hmm. and I would like go in chat rooms and be like, "Hello, I'm making a newsletter. Would you, would you like to be like a weekly newsletter?" And I would be like, "Here's um a fake ad about like a magical medicine." Like I would do this. So what? <laughs> yeah. You were doing this on the internet. Yeah. Why? Why? I don't. <laughs> News- For how long? Newsletters are fun. My point is would that would you email them? Yeah, I would have like. Lists of people to email them to. Just other kids in chat rooms that would want to be a part of a newsletter. So, I understand how this kind of stuff catches on. Oh, my God. So There's so much to unpack with that. And we're, <laughs> we are going to talk about that later. Go on. Off air. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, here's some other um, periodicals that held the movement together. So, Boston had the Banner of Light. That's what their publication was called. Chicago Religio Philosophical Journal. Um, Philly had a journal called Mind and Matter. London had a journal called Spiritualist. Australia, the Harbinger of Light. France was there. Harbinger Light. <laughs> that was was that your Harbinger Light. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that was good. Um, Francis was called the Re- Review Spirit, and Belgium had one called Lay Messenger. Okay. So these periods. a lot. Yeah. They were international, obviously. They all have tight names. Mm-hmm. I, I know. assume that they all have like tight-looking logos and stuff too. I know, and there, I there are a lot online. Like these actually exist. I'll have to. Post I'm gonna them. get in my entire back tattooed with <gasps> all of the symbols of all of the magazines. Cool. Most of them are gonna look like car logos. I bet. Yeah, like like stars, like, like Subaru like, stars, like Peugeot <laughs> and Fiat. <laughs> Um, so these periodicals, this is cool. They were from all standpoints, some of them being progressive, some supporting socialism and reform, others being conservative and rejecting reform, but supporting the spiritualist movement. And then some tried to explain spiritualism from a scientific perspective. So I think that's awesome. Like these were all like, we all support the idea of spiritualism and like, let me argue for my opinion or a scientific hypothesis about you know what happens or something so i love i love that about spiritualism 
it seems like a very like a group of very open-minded people that it were very pretty chill yeah it seems super chill where do they get to the part where they start like killing people or <laughs> um rounding people up mm, or mm, mm, I'll, I'll just keep going yeah, they're gonna do something so american spiritualists would meet in private homes for seances they would meet at lecture halls for trance lectures this is also where it gets very clicky like we were talking about that other plate those that other religion where it was like did you see so and so's altar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the chematism one yeah, yeah. Go on, um, sorry. They would meet at state or national conventions and at summer camps attended by thousands. So among the most significant of the camp meetings, there was Camp Etna in Etna, Maine. There was Onset Bay Grove in Massachusetts. There was Lilydale Camp in New York State, Camp Chesterfield in Indiana. I wonder if any of these places are still like camps. I know. I was wondering that too. And then there was uh, Lake Pleasant in Massachusetts. There was the... Wanawak Spiritualist Camp in Wisconsin. So they were everywhere. Like That was like mostly near us. Yeah. And then Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, I may have accidentally chose that oh. that way. You were just picking the regional ones? It would be a little regional. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so to, back to the seances. One well-known case of this is Mary Todd Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln's wife. So she was grieving the loss of her 11-year-old son, and she organized a seance at the White House, which was attended by Abraham Lincoln. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. Other notable believers included a number of scientists, including Sir Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle, um, Nobel laureate Pierre Curie, Marie Curie's husband. Thomas Edison wanted to develop a spirit phone after learning about spiritualism. Oh, my God, Marconi, I'm going to call somebody on the phone. Bo- both Marconi and Alexander Graham Bell also oh wanted to try to figure out how. God. Isn't that cool? Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, Can ring, you ring. imagine? Ring, that ring, would baby. would be the best. Oh, yeah. my God. And you know what is actually, like, super twisted to think about is that, like, in the future... There probably will be, like, some type of way to, like, AI interact with your loved ones. That would be awesome. Who, you mean, like, a hologram? Like, now I'm saying if everything, maybe, like, for example, like, say you were on Zoom for, you know, a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and they could, like, capture you and, like, mm-hmm. you know, make it recreate it or whatever and get, like, your vocal tones and everything. Then they mm-hmm. can like make you form words and all that. And they have oh, all you're your talking about a Harry Potter live photo. I think so. Kind of like a live photo, but like real. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so there were also plenty of skeptics, including Harry Houdini, who wanted to expose fraudulent methods of mediumship, and there was plenty of that. I think Harry Houdini's real name was Eric Weiss. <laughs> really? Can you look that up? I don't um, not believe you, but um, I don't know why Harry you would Houdini's know that. Real name? Are you asking you ask Siri? Yep, that's right. How did you know that? I were you a Harry Houdini fan as a kid? Did you have a magic kit? I never had a magic kit. Okay, but I did think that it was cool. The magicians like mm-hmm. could tr- just trick people like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He, um, 
like got punched in the stomach and died or something. Yeah. Something crazy mm-hmm. happened to him. But I kind of like that he was like a magician, but a skeptic of like these seances and stuff. So I think that is. Well, he's like, like, don't do what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing this already. He's like, this is mine. Move. I'm yeah. doing this yeah. thing that is inexplainable. If you do something that is inexplainable <laughs> too, and now now we're both going to have to start explaining how to do what we do. Yeah, there's too many and of us. I'm already here, so I shouldn't have to do that. He didn't want to saturate the yeah. the, the mystical. And that makes stage. sense. Go yeah. ahead, Eric Weiss. <laughs> I knew it. So there were a lot of notable mediums that made a lot of money and like and had a lot of fame during the spiritualist movement. I'm going to talk about two scenarios. One woman was named Cora Scott aka Cora Hatch that was one of her married names I think that she had like that was her last name um she was born in 1840 and she had what's called a cowl over her face when she was born which is an intact amniotic sac so in some folk religions that's thought to indicate special powers so literally like the baby's born it's like on their head and you just like rip it off and they're fine but it's like I think it's like one in like I don't know, 80,000 births or something. It's super rare. So especially in 1840, for like a baby to have that and survive, they're like, ooh, like magical powers. So It literally makes me want to throw up. (laughs) You look sick. Yeah, like I'm thinking about it like very intently and I don't like it. I don't want to think about it anymore. It grosses me out. All right, well, let's think... So by the age of... I like need to do like a breathing exercise. (laughs) Do a a square breast. I'm good. Okay. So by the age of 15, she was making public appearances where she spoke with, quote-unquote, supernatural eloquence on almost any topic brought up by the audience, all while claiming that she was in a trance. So contemporary audiences found this whole spectacle incredible because she was very young and very pretty, and she was speaking out with, like, authority on all these, like, esoteric topics and subjects that she shouldn't really know that much about. So that was enough for people to believe that she was channeling because they were like, how can this, like, 15-year-old girl, like, know all of this? Um, In 1875, after she toured, like, the entire world, she returned to the United States and became a pastor of a spiritualist church in Chicago, and she held that position for the rest of her life. Um... In 1893, she delivered a presentation on spiritualism at the Parliament of the World's Religions in Chicago. She helped found it, the National Spiritualist Association and was elected its first vice president. And then for the next 20 years, she spoke at the association's annual conference. She died at the age of 82 in 1923 in Chicago. So she like devoted her entire life to this, to like channeling and trances and spiritualism and she was really highly regarded the whole time like nobody was like she's a fraud everybody really respected her that's so wild mm-hmm. although you got it okay this is okay so i have her as an example of a media as a medium who was respected there we go flip side the fox sisters the, these are famous this is a famous very very condensed version of the fox sisters story but there was leah margaret and kate um they had reported that they made contact with a spirit that was later claimed to be the spirit of a murdered peddler whose body was found in the house in the house they lived in though no record of such a person was ever found so they said that the spirit was uh, said to have communicated through rapping noises like knocks right. they were famous for knocks oh i woke bubs up with that sorry bubs so, 
the evidence of the senses of these knocks to practically minded Americans. Um, sorry, that doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the Fox sisters became a sensation because of this. They interpreted all these wrappings of spirits. So they would have Probably their heat turning on. <laughs> so they were the first celebrity mediums and they quickly became famous for their public seances. Granted, I think when the when they claimed that that the spirit of that guy lived in their house, I think Leah was eleven and Mar- Margaret was fourteen. Oh, so, so they're like little kids. They were kids, yeah. But this is also nineteen what? This is eighteen eighteen forty eight, and it's said to be the birth of spiritualism. I mean, so they were the first celebrity mediums. So, um, they in the eighteen fifties they like traveled the country doing these public knocking like kind of seances. In 1888, the Fox sisters admitted that this contact with the spirit was a hoax. The wrapping was made by them cracking their joints underneath their dresses under the table, which they demonstrated publicly. Awesome. So they're just sitting and they're like cracking their knuckles, cracking their knees, cracking their ankles. And they, these kids, literally convinced like an entire nation that they were talking to spirits that's awesome so they're like rap once for a yes and then another sister would be like crack and it'd be like nothing for a no because they would like need a minute obviously (laughs) get it back together but they would do like private seances and the point like of I think that people so badly wanted to believe in this was because, again, There's it was a lot like, of trauma. yeah, it was civil war. Like, yeah. people just wanted, if they were comforted by the fact that, like, sure. they knew their, somebody again, was okay, it's then. It's human nature yeah. to be curious. And yeah. in these circumstances, for how traumatic and abrupt a lot of what would have been a hundred, so, so avoidable, mm-hmm. this death yeah. due to war. Right. Then, yeah, you're going to wonder. Right. So, and, you know, that really. Nothing wrong with that. There's like so, there's so many podcasts, so many good podcasts and articles and books about the Fox sisters. That was like the most condensed version ever that I just told you. But they made so much money. And then they basically, so after they said that it was a hoax, they came back and they were like, just kidding. It wasn't a hoax. That <coughs> was real. And people say that's because they literally like lost all their money. I think they died like penniless and homeless. Of course, and yeah. that's the whole move. You'd think that they would reveal that it was all a hoax mm-hmm. on their deathbed. Right. You don't do it and anytime it was, sooner. Yeah, it was like late, much later in their lives. And the thing that's – this goes towards how, how I feel about things, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like say somebody – I don't know. Let's, let's just put it this way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old they were or anything, but like say a, a woman – Right, who had a husband, died in the Civil War, mm-hmm. and then she turns to spiritualism, mm-hmm. and then she encounters these people, right? And she's like, "God, I'd give anything, I'd give anything," mm-hmm. right? And they do the thing, they mm-hmm. do the knocking or whatever, and she's mentally and emotionally relieved, and yes. spiritually, yeah, relieved, right? Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to live a super fruitful life, mm-hmm. right? But she dies before they reveal that it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point that I'm making as to why none, nothing really matters and you can just believe whatever you want. Because no harm, no foul. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like whatever none of brings, this really matters. Whatever it's really you just peace. designed to – exactly. Yeah. To, ex, to however your brain works. Literally. Some people's brains work one way. Some yeah. people's brains work another. You mm-hmm. know? But it's like it doesn't 
matter. That's like why I think like reincarnation is comforting because it's like, oops, I fucked up. <laughs> I did something in this life. Like, yeah, exactly. Next life, I'll, yeah. I've learned that lesson. Like, sure, sure. And like that is like literally religion. Like what I just you think just that said it just keeps. I just think that the only thing that I I think I actually do. I just think that consciousness just is infinite. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that there's like, oh, I've been here before or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's just like. Keeps going. just keep doing it. Forward. Keep going forward. Yeah. Like it just never ends. Well, speaking of. So uh, like you get it one shot. Like I'm Nick DeMeo. Mm. You know what I mean? That's it. I shouldn't have said my last name. Should probably edit that out. <laughs> oh, They're going to come for you. I just don't want it out there. <laughs> or beep it out. Either okay. way. Uh, but I'm Nick, you know. Yeah. And and you got one shot. Got Do one not shot miss your it. chance to blow and the next this opportunity. Time, <laughs> in, in all regard, the next time it might be something. It, it, I don't. Th- I don't believe in the thing where like I can become a chair though. No, no. We no. already talked about that one. We're on the same page. With I'm not that. doing that. Yeah. But like, I don't. I think the next thing is just like yeah, you're just like either you are, you are in or whatever, and mm-hmm. maybe it's hundreds of years before this idea of. Nick, who Nick is, comes back again. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Hard to. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Um, a couple techniques used in seances I just wanted to cover. So the wrapping, like the Fox sister used, knock once for yes, or knock like three times for the letter C. And that got pretty old after a while because it's like, all right, some, like somebody's has a Z in their name. It's like, we got to... <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, that was the joke, right? Um, And then there was table turning, which was a type of seance in which spirits were said to communicate with people seated around a table by tilting and rotating the table. And that was debunked oftentimes by, like, being fraudulent. People would figure out different kinds of tricks to uh, tilt the table in a seance. And then there was automatic writing, or it's also called psychography, um, and that automatic writing occurs either by the writer's subconscious or by external spirits operating through the writer. So it's just like somebody with a pencil in their hand and stream of consciousness. Huh. Yeah. Um, So, and then the other technique used is the Ouija board, a.k.a. the spirit board, and its claim to fame through spiritualism. Yes. for anyone who doesn't know, a Ouija board I'm is... I'm so glad, just for the record. That you I don't mean knew to it right away? Yeah, that when you said <laughs> seance and I said Ouija board, yeah. I'm so glad I said Ouija board. Well, you know, originally for this, I, the topic was going to be the Fox sisters, and I just... There's just so much to them, and their story is so crazy that I was like, I can't. I can't possibly like talk about this on and on. I feel like that's a good topic for people to research by themselves. So... Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, the Ouija board is a flat board marked with letters of the alphabet, the numbers 0 through 9, the words yes and no, occasionally a hello and a goodbye, and then various symbols and graphics. And it uses that thing called a planchette, which is a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic as a movable indicator to spell out the messages. And it has like a little window in it that lands on like the letters and the numbers. And if you ever in your life had a t-shirt that had a Ouija board on it, Mm -hmm. you're probably on probation. 
in some capacity. You think so? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Well, that is a bold statement. I feel like it was a very um, specific type of hot topic um, mm -hmm. customer. Okay. All right. Um, sorry, I lost my space because I was blown away by that. <laughs> so one or more of the participants in the seance place one or two fingers on the planchette, which is in the middle of the board, and then the medium asks questions of the spirits with whom they're trying to communicate. And then the board obviously moves from there to give the message. Is this like a Cura step-by-step of how to <laughs> seance? No. <laughs> like that's you know what I'm where saying? I did where, my yeah, research. Like, yeah, the, the, it's like the, uh, the graphics for it all look like for when you get on an airplane. <laughs> um, no, that's as far as I'm going to go as explaining the that's, basics really? of Ouija because oh. everyone should probably understand it from there. Um, well, okay. So spiritualists in the United States used a talking board very similar to the modern Ouija board at their camps in Ohio in 1886. And that was to enable faster communication with the spirits instead of the rapping to spell out the alphabet. So, like, that was kind of like the, we got to do this faster. Like, we what need to can expedite we do? This. So it's like, do you still love me and wish that I would just carry on with my life even though you're not here anymore? And it's like, yes. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Carry on. So one of the more original forms was they would have a pencil and put a basket over the pencil. And then everybody would, like, hold on to that. And it, it would move around like a written out like alphabet. So that was kind of like the original idea. Uh, like pointing idea. at the letters? Mm hmm Yeah. That would, I mean, they don't have internet or like anything cool like video games or anything yeah. like television. So like this, everything, you got to be a little more patient. Yeah. But that would take forever. Forever. Mm hmm So that was. And it was also like when you're spelling something. <laughs> Is it like maybe it's not like super clear in the lettering? Right. Where it's, it's not like, like maybe that's where, hey, maybe that's where like people <laughs> typing without vowels became a thing. Yeah. It's like speed writing kind of. Sure. Or like shorthand like for yep. like a stenographer. Exactly. Okay. So that was okay. in the late. That makes late, me feel better. Yeah. That was in the late 1800s where they like that was what spiritualists started to use. And then in 1890, it started to become like commercialized. So... There was a guy, his name was Elijah Bond, and he was a, like an attorney. And then there was a businessman named Charles Kennard, and together they started the Kennard Novelty Company. There we go. Mm -hmm. And then the company was eventually passed on to a guy named William Fold. Were they spiritualisms? Um, Kennard was a Presbyterian, or Fold was a Presbyterian. They... They were trying to make some money. Okay. They were okay. a little bit of money. Could they at least be the religion that they're, you know <laughs> what I mean? Could um, they? So. Is that sincerely asking too much? Like, you'd think just for what it's mm, worth, they would, like, clean their own Wikipedias up. I know. Uh, clean it well, up. Well, they can't. They're dead. So, Good. Um, the company was eventually passed to this guy, William Fold, in the early 1900s, and at that point, the Ouija board was taking off so much that they had to build more factories to mass produce them just to keep up with the demand. Um, and it's funny because then he would later die in a freak accident at a factory that he claimed that an Ouija board told him to build. Like he literally was standing on the roof of a factory. I think they were like about to hang a flag or something. And he fell a couple stories off of it, survived the fall, broke a rib, and then... 
he was in the ambulance on the way to the hospital and the ambulance hit a bump and his rib that was broken pierced his heart holy and that's how he died smokes. yeah so people no are way. like Ooh. no way yeah so total freak accident and oh he, my god that's yeah. awesome and so you can what a way to go i know so you can like google like um oh my like william fold god uh ouija board and there are still some like vintage ouija boards from like the 1900s that was gonna, ask, that that was gonna be a question buy. i figured you would answer it yeah and there's like you know mm-hmm. obviously you know one this is like the thing on pawn stars where they'd be mm-hmm. like i need to bring in an expert <laughs> and they'd be like yeah i'm looking at this and i can actually tell that this yeah. is actually from this guy's factory yeah, yeah i can totally tell yeah um so i thought that was a little interesting do we story. know what they cost by chance um you know what i didn't look yeah all right i would imagine Probably like much. you nah. can still so Hasbro is the company that makes them now. I was gonna you say you can buy like, them in toy stores. So right, they went is, from like Parker Brothers to Hasbro. But I mean, a vintage one I'm sure would be like cool to have. I'm sure people will try to like be like this one's haunted or like something. Right. So, I mean, the history of the Ouija board researching this was really surprising to me. So speaking of, there's a myth that the name Ouija is yes in french and german so we and ja Mm -hmm. but it's really named after that guy elijah bond's sister-in-law helen who was a medium so they asked the board what they should call it it spelled out the word ouija and then it spelled out the phrase good luck and they were like all right let's just go with that ouija means good luck ouija whatever Hmm. um interesting so paranormal and supernatural beliefs associated with the Ouija board have been criticized by the scientific community, and it's characterized as a pseudoscience. No shit. Um, the action of the board can be most easily explained by unconscious movements of those controlling the plant, the blanchet, call, and that's a psychological phenomenon called as the idiomotor effect. What about, is there a... Um... Is is there certain questions that you're allowed to ask these things and certain questions that are like, come on, man, you can't ask that. I think you can ask it anything. Yeah, but like then how how would anybody believe it then? Because <laughs> because um, you know what I mean? Like it, like yeah. like um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not even just thinking of yes or no questions, mm-hmm. but the yes or no ones are almost more problematic. Well, it's like popular to um like ask it like dates like when am i gonna die or what blah 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 or like oh you know, so it's 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 known to not ask it like long-winded questions okay so know? there is a type of question to yeah, ask it dates okay. um names um like are you okay like you know like yes okay. or no questions it's not but like okay for example ugh. Not like again. I know that this isn't like an argument in any capacity, and mm-hmm. you're not trying to get me to believe this in any in any way. Mm-hmm. But who's saying no when you're like around the people that you know mm-hmm. that all believe in the religion you believe in, mm-hmm. and then you get to they go, oh, well, you know, Nick just died, so Becky's at the helm for uh, Ouija tonight, you know. But and when Becky goes, when Becky goes, oh, Nick, like, are you out there at all? You think everybody's going to drag their hands over to no? <laughs> oh, that's good friends right there. But you know what I'm saying? No, I know. But that's what I'm about to explain, this right. idiomotor effect, this psychological phenomenon. Okay. Okay, where a subject makes 
un- makes motions unconsciously. So it's a concept in hypnosis and psychological research, and it's uh, derived from the terms idio, meaning idea, and motor, meaning muscular action. So it's used in reference to the process whereby a thought or mental image brings about a seemingly reflexive or automatic muscular reaction, often like minuscule in degree right and potentially outside of the awareness of the subject but imagine when enough people don't like somebody <laughs> who's in the seance <laughs> and like, they and they do want to spiritually ruin someone i mean that sucks for them but well, that's why it's less scary learned. that there was like 15 year old girls doing this when mm-hmm. we were 15 i know because they're mean that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like when it's the one girl and she's like does ryan like me <laughs> and like all the other girls don't want ryan to like her so they're yeah. like no and that i mean that's but it's like turning a, a religion point. into how dark and mm-hmm. twisted humans can be well, to that's each like other. Ba- or how nice. Yeah. Uh, invertly. Inver- uh, how, also how nice. That's a great point. Maybe. But yeah. like, again, 15-year-old girls, don't mm-hmm. put me in that seance. I don't want to be in the 15-year-old girl seance. Oh, God. No, I would never. I, and would, you know, I would like to be in like the widowed widower right. seance. Right. I mean, the fact that Ouija boards were like really popular at slumber parties, especially like when we were growing up, yeah. was like a horrifying thing. Probably why I was like, Ooh, I'm going to pass on that. Slumber yeah, party. I don't yeah. get it. So I remember like everybody I knew had one. Mm-hmm. I remember as a little kid being like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I desperately wanted it to work and I never ever saw it in action. I'm surprised I didn't turn the mirror outside. If I ever saw a Ouija board outside, I would have gotten the, the magnifying lens part of it mm-hmm. and I would have held the, it to the sun and I would have burnt the Ouija board. <laughs> you will. People have tried to burn them and they don't burn. I'll they set come that. back. Oh, what a, okay, that's going on the Patreon. We're going to see if we can. Okay. We're going to see. We're going to buy a Ouija board. And we're going to do a video of us burning one. I want nothing to do with that. I want all the smoke. You could. That'll be your, your little Patreon Fine. video. All right. Back to, back to the uh, Ouija board. Um, okay. So mainstream Christians have warned against using Ouija boards, um, saying that they can lead to demonic possession. Occultists, on the other hand, are divided on the issue, with some saying that it can be a tool for positive transformation, and others reiterate the warnings of many Christians and caution inexperienced users against it. Oh my Meaning, God. like, first use it with a medium, and then, you know. Okay, this is interesting. To give so, anybody any directional credit on this is egregious. <laughs> so this is interesting. Using an, an Ouija board was normalized so much during the early 1900s that there was a Norman Rockwell illustration of two people using the Ouija board on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. And in that like illustration, I'll probably put that on the Instagram, but there, it's these people, um, they're sitting knee to knee. So in the 1900s, the Ouija board was supposed to be used as like a cutesy little date night activity because um, it could be like flirty because you had to put your knees together and then you both had to like gingerly touch the blanchet. Oh my God. And you had to put it on your lap and you had to like be oh like in touch with people. And it was supposed to always be like a guy and a girl doing it. Oh. Yeah. So that was, like, kind of behind the Norman Rockwell illustration was, like, ooh, date night, like, Ouija board. Well, it's going to be, like, do you want to hook up? (laughs) Who's going to drag to know? And it was spicy that way. People would use it. That's what I'm saying. I'm paraphrasing. No, yeah. But, you know, 
get laid with the Ouija board. It happened many, many and then times. Milton Bradley selling it. Well, that's my next point. So the Smithsonian. How does it work this way that I say something and then you're like, that's my next point? <laughs> because I am very organized in my thoughts and yeah. I probably cue you. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so the Smithsonian Magazine, um, smithsonianmag.com, uh, wrote a really good article that I read all about the history of the Ouija. So during the Great Depression, new factories opened to meet demands for the boards. And over five months in 1944, a single New York department store sold 50,000 of them. So in 1967, the year after Parker Brothers bought the game from the Fold Company, two million boards were sold and it outsold Monopoly for the first time. Um, so people clearly wanted something to believe in. They wanted to be comforted. And, and that was, was it. Um, that was 1967 that it beat out Monopoly. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's kind of almost like um, I was Were reading. Were things that bad? Well, there was like. Um, what was ra- going on? Race riots. There was oh, yeah. Vietnam. There was. Um, oh, there was the um, like, like free love was starting and like hippies and stuff. And right. they loved it, too. So mm. a lot of stuff was going on. But OK, so cut to 1973 when The Exorcist comes out. Spoiler and they go, you better knock this shit off, Spoiler everybody. alert, if you've never watched The Exorcist, you're a weirdo, but the plot is that the young girl, Reagan, Reagan. Reagan. uses the Ouija board and makes what first appears to be a harmless contact with an entity named Captain Howdy. She becomes possessed by a demon. Little, you know, connection there. Overnight, the Ouija board becomes, like, a full-fledged symbol and tool for, like, communicating with demons, like, right away. Um, so. Ouija board used to be tight. Abraham Lincoln's wife doing seances. <laughs> now. Now the devil. Now it's bad. So. Because one movie. And from there, signature in a horror movie genre, it was in so many movies. Paranormal Activity 1 and 2 had it. There's countless pop culture references. Um, I like always wanted like a planchet like tattoo, but now I'm like horrible, like like horrified of being cursed by it. I think also for a Patreon video, you and I should get like matching planchet tattoos. I don't want a planchet tattoo. <laughs> but if you got a planchet tattoo underneath your eye and made it look like a teardrop, but it was actually a planchet that and it was just so very tight. tiny, like a little face tattoo. I would love that. I'm not doing that. But, I mean, there's probably some person <laughs> out there that that would be nice for. Yeah. It's just not me. Um, so, to kind of wrap things up, I have a couple fun facts and a scary Ouija board story, okay? Okay. So, Bill Wilson, he's the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. He used a Ouija board and conducted seances in, in attempts to contact the dead. So, he was a believer. Oh, my God. That was a huge sigh from Bubs. I thought that was just, like kind of a weird person to um the mars volta wrote their album bedlam and goliath based on their alleged experiences with a ouija board that was in 2008 and what else what and no i'm saying like a ouija board and what other what else were they doing oh because like you think like those guys were on every i know i know at different times and they're so good so good so good i love them but god dang it 
Um, and, oh, this is not surprising at all, but Morrissey released a single titled Ouija Board, Ouija Board in 1989, and the lyrics and the video of the song mockingly, mockingly played with the idea of supernaturally connecting with dead people, like he was just fucking on everybody. Nobody <laughs> likes Mor- Morrissey. Morrissey <laughs> built an entire career of just, like, being a heel. Yeah. It's kind of... It's funny. Well, he was like, well, wrestlers do it, and I'm the opposite of a wrestler, so there's room for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of a drag. Well, yeah. Um, that's for a different podcast, I guess. Um, oh, pardon. Excuse me. In, ni- in um, 1994 in London, convicted murderer Stephen Young was granted a retrial after it was learned that four of the juries had conducted a Ouija board seance and contacted the murdered man who had named Young as the killer. Um, Young, Young was convicted for a second time in his retrial and jailed for life. But it's like, ah, jurors, don't do that. Jeez. Oh, my God. Uh, we, and why would they tell anybody? I know. Uh, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt because we did a Ouija board in a motel last night. Yeah. That you keep us in. <laughs> he, and he's guilty. And he's, yeah. oh, and he's, yeah, and it's the bad, it's the bad thing for him. Could you imagine the judge being like, Oh no! Like I have uh, to do this. we have to do this all over again because these idiots. There's probably like clauses in juries and trials where it's like you're not allowed to do a Ouija board. <laughs> probably now you're there. You're not are, allowed yeah. to do a Ouija board. And then okay, so this is a freaky Ouija board story. This is from the paranormal subreddit on Reddit. Um, Way too scary for me, but it, go on. It's a little freaky. This story is a little freaky. I read through a lot, and this was the one that was. Uh, short enough and scary enough. This user's name is Sevo Breath, which I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Um, it, I was in middle school, maybe the eighth grade. A friend of mine at school was having people over, and they suggested we use the Ouija board because their house was haunted. I didn't know anything about their house or the board, but we played. We asked a few random questions, and nothing really happened, but the board thingy did move and answer our questions. One girl asked when she would die. The board gave an exact date, which was around my birthday, senior year of high school, so I remembered it easily. Nothing much really happened after the party. We all forgot about it. However, around my birthday, the senior year of high school, the girl who asked what her death date would be died in a single vehicle car accident. It was a shock to everyone. Then my friends who were at the house that night in middle school suddenly remembered what the board said, and we all agreed how freaky it was. I will never touch a Ouija board again. And then they did an edit. For those who don't believe or are suspicious, here's a news report from the crash. Of course, I can't offer anything more than this really short of recording that middle school night with the board. And then they attached a link to the Bismarck Tribune. And the title of the article is South Dakota Teen Dies of Injuries After Crash. So that was one little spooky Ouija board story. And it's a bunch of teenagers doing it, mm-hmm. and you know that um, you almost like okay, like here's where here's where that whole thing where it's like there's always a possibility, there's mm-hmm. always a possibility, mm-hmm. but you know it's like there's no smart teenagers because they're teenagers, right? Their brains are still forming, right? You know their skulls are hardening, mm-hmm. and um, they're fontanelles, right? Yeah, fontanelle sounds like a type of Italian meat. Mm, that made me hungry. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, that's it. That's that is uh, what I got. I mean, obviously, I feel like every episode I've been like, there's so much more to talk about, but I can't say everything that sure. I researched or want to talk about. Sure. But I love that um, 
I just I it's so fun like coming up with like a topic to research and then finding like something that goes along with it. Yeah. And it's just so exciting. I thought Ouija boards were so fun to talk about. It's a great one. Yeah. I am again. I would never do it. If you like were like, oh, by the way, I bought you a Ouija board for your birthday. Nope. I would be like, get that thing away from me. Yeah. Um, ever since the exorcist, we are not allowed to touch them. No, we don't do that. I will throw up pea soup all over you. There's like a million things about how that movie was cursed mm-hmm. and how so people many people died. died. Was it that or the poltergeist or like every. Probably all of them. Amityville, all of them. It's just demons. You know, it's tragic. Demons. Um, so that's what we got. We're a little bit over an hour for the first time. So might have to do some edits here. Well, I feel like I, I feel like I went on a couple <laughs> Pangiones. And we can edit it. We can we can figure it out. Don't really care. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thanks for listening. Again, we have the Patreon that's up. We have the uh, Instagram. I'm going to post some pictures from, from about this. That should be pretty cool. And uh, that's it for this episode. I got to say, it's been really, really nice in any capacity for any of our like of our pals. That mm-hmm. we've had, I've had like a couple pals reach out and give us like just anything. Mm-hmm anything yeah thank you so much for listening it's so nice it's so nice it truly is so nice and it's like i again like i i want people to know that i truly go into this blindly mm-hmm. you like, do I, yeah. I literally just found out that we had a patreon when, like an hour ago <laughs> um which is cool that's great but yeah. like i i truly go into this knowing nothing and to hear um anybody like you know we have an instagram Mm -hmm. like we don't have to know any of these people Mm -hmm. if you ever listen to this and you're like oh i'm gonna go back and listen to these when you hear about us when we've had our 20th episode for Mm -hmm. example and you go back and listen to this one which is like the fifth or something Mm -hmm. send us a dm yeah and it's not even gonna go to me it's gonna go to becky but if it's (laughs) if it's nice she'll tell me about it yes um, and, oh, keep, that's another... and keep all your weird negative criticisms literally to yourself <laughs> yeah, and shut wanna, up. Like I'm dead it. serious. Like talk to my wife in some weird way. Like I will, <laughs> I will get you. Um, and I forgot to mention one of the Patreon benefits, I think for either of the tiers is a shout out on the air. So. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> it's funny. That's really funny. Oh my God. And uh, you know what? You know what I would like to match on that? What? Is like, I will, uh. I will put into words how I feel about them positively. Which oh my god! Is, you, you know do, what I mean. You're by so that. good at that. You're like the king yeah. of the birthday card. So, so yeah, sweet. All right. Oh, well, that's that's how we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's the shout out. I'll add that to the Patreon. You'll get. Um, that's what the shout out is. That's yeah. what the shout out comes with. Yeah. Build in. Love that. Okay. I need to contribute in some fashion here. Next time you can read the scary Ouija board story. I don't want to read a scary Ouija board story. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.